Hey guys, welcome back to Wondering Faith, a show where we discuss all the things that faith makes us wonder. Today, Ben and I sat down and we were wondering. What were we wondering? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a long, it's a mouthful. Yeah. Can pastors get imposter syndrome? And would it be called imposter syndrome? Hope you enjoy. Wonder does abound. Even amidst the confusion and troubles in this fragile but precious world. Pasta in the pasture. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, so we're, we're talking about the game among us and who's the imposter, right? Yes. That's it. True. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but I guess maybe to start out so we don't alienate like the, the majority of our audience, because I don't mm. think the majority of our audience are, uh, are dealing pastors with this. <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. But I, I guess maybe uh, talking first about, I'm obviously we as pastors, um, but uh, our pastors, but uh, talking about what is imposter syndrome? Yeah. Right. In terms of, I don't know if you've heard the phrase and like psychology and, you know, what is uh, this imposter syndrome? This phenomenon. This yeah. Phenomenon. Do you got a definition? Um, yeah, I do. Let me pull it up. I thought I had, oh, here we go. This one. So imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll read that again. Uh, and this is from uh, like a, like a psychologist, no, verywellmind.com, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, I've uh, seen that. So, yeah, uh, imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you're not as competent as others perceive you to be, which is, I, I think this is thing, you know, this is something that I think a lot of people feel is, you know, in, in, whether in professional or even in personal uh, just life is, I mean, am I <laughs> perceived in the way that I see myself? I mean, self-perception uh, and others' perception, and then kind of evaluating those things, and, and sometimes the pressure we put on ourselves, um, and actually sometimes the other times uh, the pressures that other people put on us, yeah. and they think that man, we are you know uh, these people that could do no wrong, <laughs> right. just these big, bigger than life right. kind of people. Well, it's funny. I was just thinking, what's the flip side of this? Where you think you're a lot better oh, than yeah. what people actually perceive you as. What would that be called? I don't know. Well, I think it's technically narcissism, but oh, okay. uh, maybe. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It part is. of, maybe. part of, nar- at least one of the, one of the checkboxes of what might go on in a narcissist's mind. Right. Um, but so this is the flip side where you <clears throat> at least think, it's not even necessarily thinking too low of yourself, but at least as you compare how you perceive yourself and what you think right. others perceive of you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess first, before we even get into like pastoral ministry otherwise, but have you ever, Paul, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome where like someone puts you up on a pedestal and you're like, man, I'm not, I'm not this, I don't know if I, you know, fulfill this role. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> actually, I, I, I would say so. I think, <laughs> well, like in high school, you know, I, I attended church most Sundays, pretty much every Sunday. We were really good about that. I was probably one of the only we had a school too so i was like one of the only kids that after confirmation actually kept going to church every sunday um dude you know how it goes how, how did you do that because i as the, I'm, i had what made the, you do the fear that? of god okay so that's was how to get well through. instilled okay. yeah um so we would i would attend and we didn't even have like youth group or whatever but I, I was kind of involved i did choir and i did you know did stuff um with the church and all the nice old ladies just thought you know such a sweet boy and everything, but uh, so, Church Boy Paul, yeah, Church Boy Paul, as some um, very lovingly uh, call me, shout out. Uh, and you know, you kind of feel that, especially when 
you're almost like the unicorn a little bit of, yeah. wow, you're a kid and you're kind of walking a straight and narrow right. and you're, you're here in church and we just love that you're here in church and, you know, we let's all come join the choir and the handbell choir and all this. Wow. Uh, and it's, you put out, you are put up a little bit on that and it, I, it was flattering, yeah. you know, and to be, to be welcomed and wanted and whatever, right. but definitely also think of <laughs> like, I'm definitely am not perfect. And if you really kind of knew me, yeah. then I don't know what that would do right. uh, to your <laughs> perception of me. But I did feel like there's a gap in how uh, people, uh, had perceived me and so that like yeah time in high school especially with with church but i was not in ministry at all but just just as attending as a young kid it's like oh wow so i think that's one that sticks out to me yeah, yeah. what about you yeah I, as you're as you're talking i was thinking so i my dad's a pastor so i grew up as a pk and there's mm. a certain level of fishbowl <laughs> pedestal mentality that <laughs> that people have yeah of, well again like we're going to talk about a little bit but of pastors and then pastors families and i will <laughs> say i was kind of the Kind of a typical PK in the sense of I wasn't super uh, respectful. Sure. <laughs> and I, I had my, I, I kind of went my wayward ways uh, mm. here and there. And I, we, we moved to a new, um, a new state, new school, a brand new end of seventh grade. And uh, within the first couple of weeks, I get, I won't say it, but I, I uh, basically get suspended or, or kicked out of class because I was passing a note and calling a teacher a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you this before? No. Oh yeah. No. So so brand new to the school, oh, wow. brand new pastor. I'm the you know the uh, a seventh grade kid, and uh, man, pretty quick the church learned that uh, the, this this pastor's kid, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's an imposter. <laughs> uh, he's not all that they're you know cracked up to be, right? But I, mm. I think yeah, growing up, kind of seeing with 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 eyes on you, especially in regards to the concept of faith and and whatnot, I think. Um, uh, yeah, some people can have maybe a false understanding, but I think most people, most people have a uh, a decent understanding of, or hopefully they do. If at least, at least they're clo- if they're close enough to churches, they have a decent understanding of. Okay, pastors aren't uh, and pastors' families and uh, are not like they don't hang the moon or anything like that. They're just normal people, right? Um, but I think that there is kind of culturally maybe uh, an understanding of yeah, what is a pastor? Because I mean, like in a, I don't know if I introduce myself on a on an airplane or i mean not that i've been on an airplane anytime recently but <laughs> sure. um but you know once you kind of say the word pastor it's like whoa uh, it'll shift the conversation somehow completely yeah. right um and so it's yeah and so i guess that's uh that's not necessarily imposter imposter syndrome but that's just kind of i guess the nature of well you were trying to be you're like how is someone how would this person perceive that mm-hmm. and i've been there where uh i didn't fully come out and say what i was because i I almost was worried that someone would take that as like, oh, that means I can't talk to you or, you know, you're yeah. too holy and whatever. And it's like, no. And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I think, understandable reasons why you would not want to feed in some of those wrong perceptions or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here's a question, though, with imposter syndrome. Why is it a problem? That's a good question. And I, I I was thinking that earlier as we kind of started okay. the conversation is like, is it humility or is it false humility? Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I think that might be a question of uh, where does, where does God want our hearts to reside and where does our God, where, where does God want our hearts to kind of be at peace and, 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 and do have, I guess, pride in the sense of like, uh, not pride in self, but, uh, but also not, 
you know, a, a lack of self-worth, right? Yeah. A lack of self-identity, but being <clears throat> confident in, okay, like this is, this is who you are. This is who, you know, I've called you to be, whether that's a, you know, whatever job you're in. And, uh, I think that might be, might be what a lot of people experience is, am I batting out of my, like my, my, uh, my, or am I, what's the, yeah, what's the phrase? Punching above my, there you go. Punching above, above my weight class. class. Yeah. 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 Am, am I, am I constantly just not measuring up to the things mm. that I think that are around me? And I think in the world and, and how fast it moves and I, you can feel that sense of inadequacy that people have, especially as they compare themselves to other people yeah. all the time. And honestly, and, and specifically, you know, as pastors, I think that can be a thing too, is that, I mean, you can compare yourself to literally, I mean, every pastor on the internet, which is every pastor, yeah. right? And so you can be like, man, this guy preaches way better than yep. I do. Or this guy, man, his ministry, you can see what uh, what they're doing. Or, or she has, you know, this going on over here. And you're like, wow, I can, I can see uh, I am not... I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not maybe measuring up to my own standards mm. of, uh, of, you know, do I have an imposter syndrome and other people, you know, do, man, but they, you know, you're a pastor. And so you're, you know, you're, you're holy, you're perfect. You're closer to God or whatever else. And you're the one that has to pray all the time. And it's like, mm. man, if they only knew, you know, like that, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, I am a, a broken dude. Um, that takes me at least five or six tries to get my wordle. <laughs> <laughs> dude, today, yeah. I mean, if we're filming this a while ago today, uh, I, yeah, it took me well? six. No, oh, no, no oh, six. six. Yeah. It was, it was the word ulcer and it almost yeah. gave me an ulcer, right? Wow. Yes. I'm trying to figure it out. Exactly. Yeah, go. I got it in three. I'm not going to brag. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, but I got it. Three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But, um, but yeah, so I think, I think, uh, imposter syndrome is something that a lot of people experience. And I don't know, you know, whoever's listening, whatever, if, if anybody's ever felt a certain level of just inadequacy in what they're called to do, what they're asked to do in their job. And like, in kind of a, maybe a, an anxiety of, man, am I doing enough? Am I personally enough for this role mm. that I'm uh, called to? And I think it's a unique opportunity as pastor. I mean, again, I can only speak from my experience, right? And so, if, if I was a doctor, maybe I'd have a doctor syndrome or something like that. But, <laughs> but, uh, the, the, I can only speak from my experience as, yeah, I've totally felt like I'm not enough. I don't know mm. enough. Mm. Right. I mean, like I dude, we go to school for a crazy amount of time. Yeah. I don't know. But even not nearly enough time. No. Almost. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, like, like both I, and. I don't, I don't know enough. Like I have no idea. I, I, I mean, I studied this book my whole life and I still am learning things constantly and I'm not the expert on it. Like right. I'm technically supposed to be the expert or whatever mm. that even means. Mm. But there are people that have faithfully been in this word for years and years and years and years longer than me Yeah, um, that have wha- so much wisdom. And so I think maybe part of this too, and we could get into this, is what is the role of pastor Yeah, in the sense of, um, because where I've kind of come down on this is I don't have to be the expert. That's actually not the point. Um, yeah, I'm supposed to point people to Jesus and I'm supposed to know that and discern that and be able to distinguish between, you know, law and gospel and all those types of things. But, but recognizing the spirit of God is at work in me just as much as the spirit of God is at work in literally anybody else who calls in the name of Christ, right. And, and, and empowering and equipping those people to say, Hey, uh, you know, what's a pastor, pastor, yeah. And maybe, I don't know, we could get into this a little bit more. Just my role or what do I, what I believe about the role of pastor mm. and, you know, how some people put up on a pedestal. And I, I feel like we need to, we need to just kind of change the, change the scene. Yeah. But, but did you, yeah, I thought you, you had, you, did you have something? No, I mean, not really. I think you and I both being pastors, we, uh, I know I can speak for myself too with my yeah. own experience that I felt that and looking at easy to compare to all kinds of, of, guys and you know being in ministry you figure out 
your strengths, but you also maybe really recognize your weaknesses. And I feel yeah. like I've just as much as I've been able to try to develop places that needed work, I still am just to be fully honest, not maybe the caliber or the capacity of people, at least from my own perception. Um, yeah. And so it's it's definitely it's definitely there. And I but I do think I, I, I think a lot of people do experience this in whatever job they have, like you say. And I mean, not just ministry, but probably, yeah, if you get promoted yeah. uh, and you've gotten lots of responsibilities or you've got a lot of small wins and it's going well for you and something, then people almost think you can do no, do no wrong. And then it's like, well, that's definitely not true. And then when you actually do something wrong and then yeah. how, how do you handle it? And so lots of interesting things to think about. And what do people need to see ultimately? Yeah. How do we reflect Christ the best right. with doing well, but when we don't do well, how do we how do we handle that? And should we care about people's perceptions of us? And a lot of questions like that. Yeah. So I don't know if you wanted to get into maybe scriptural places that you go to as you yeah, wrestle yeah. with this. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, one of my, honestly, my favorite verses in general um, is, uh, is, uh, is from 2 Corinthians 12. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and it's uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and this is Paul speaking. Um, and actually, actually, I'm going to start a little bit earlier, mm. um, because I, and I mean, there's other places where he talks about, you know, if I have any reason to boast or anything like that, I mean, I, you know, he is, you know, he's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's all, he's this, this yeah. whole, just really unbelievably on paper, uh, put together dude. Yeah. He's a top of the top. Pharisee, top of the top. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but again, that, and this is in Philippians, but he's, you know, I, or I think it's Philippians where he says, I consider that all for a, a loss. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. for the sake of Christ. But, but this one, this verse, um, he kind of says to keep me from becoming conceited in twelve seven, uh, because of the surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then what Paul says is, therefore, I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses um, and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I'm weak, then I am strong. So for me, I think I think imposter syndrome uh, is not necessarily good, mm. um, but also a reality. But so imposter syndrome theoretically focus on strengths that you don't have, mm. whereas God does want us to focus on, right? Uh, and, and turn over our weaknesses to him because when we're yeah. weak, he is strong. So like the, the goal, about those. Yeah. the goal is not you being strong. Mm. Like me as a pastor, the goal is not me being strong. I mean, I guess there is an element of strengthening in faith in general as a, as a Christian and strengthening other people's faith, but hopefully that strength, that faith is strengthened um, in this kind of upside down type of way yeah. is that, oh, it's not actually about my achievement. Um, it's, it is actually about Christ. It yeah. is actually about God's my weakness. power, not yeah. my power. Right. So, and I, I think that's a, that's a great example. Uh, and St. Paul, yeah, says this thorn was given to me so I wouldn't become conceited, conceited and everything and yeah. almost have a more realistic kind of view of himself because again he was kind of top of the top and he might have needed a little bit of help and a little exercise in humility and everything i i was curious thinking about you know if a lot of people experience this you know if there's one thing of diagnosing a problem that you've got imposter syndrome but there's another thing of addressing the problem yeah i think you know those are two different things and a lot of people could say you have imposter syndrome but 
there's there's a couple different ways to address it. Not all of them are as good or, or helpful or faithful as others. And I don't know, could you maybe differentiate what you think some worldly responses and yeah. treatments of imposter syndrome? Like how do how do you see people who don't know Christ and don't have a maybe a solid grounding in Christ? How would they address their own imposter syndrome as opposed to maybe how we as Christians can address our yeah. imposter syndrome? Yeah, I mean, I think, and this is, and maybe I'm I, maybe I'm just guessing here. I mean, why I'm just guessing here, but uh, I guess when any time that these types of things kind of come up, usually the the goal is to turn inward to mm. say, okay, you really need to do a deep dive inside yourself, really find out who you are, um, and uh, and it's a. I mean, and and, and uh, again, so I'm not like I'm in therapy. I, I think therapy is a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and understanding yourself is important. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the question of where does salvation come from? Where does freedom come from? Does it come from you understanding yourself or from you understanding, uh, and resting somewhere else? Right. And so I think the world would say, you just need to understand yourself. You need to, you know, love yourself. And again, true. That's, mm-hmm. that's true. God loves you. You need to love you too. Like you can't hate yourself. Yeah. I mean, like, don't like, disregard, don't disregard or that which God loves. God's love for you. Yeah. yeah. Right. This is, because this is an interesting thing. Usually, when we talk about God's love, and we're like, okay, yeah, I gotta love people because God loves people. But do we? We don't always necessarily apply that to ourselves either, mm-hmm. right? We're like, wait, oh, I'm one of those people that God loves, but do I love myself? Like that's a weird sentence to even think about because we're always taught to kind of like have this uh maybe this humility or not this not, not you know i i don't yeah, know what uh, it, like a the lack of pride or, yeah of yourself or just ignoring that you're meaning god's image right like and yeah. you think is there a- absolutely nothing redeemable in you and yeah the how much of you is well the saint center interplay i mean right it's it's complex but you're right that love your neighbor as yourself yeah you did put the as yourself in there you didn't really have to you yeah. just said love your neighbor right and so there is an aspect now like you're saying it sounds like yeah, that could get overplayed or right. taken too far, or maybe just there has to be more to it than right. merely the all I have to do is love myself more, and that's it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and maybe maybe that's what the world does. I don't. I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess I don't. I don't know totally what what the yeah. world does. I mean, like, I'm trying to think of other uh, responses to the, these things. I think sometimes, yeah, it'll be love yourself, or it'll be you know what? Okay, find a and I think coping and in, in, in these things is good, but find escape or whatever else or distraction or otherwise, that's probably what they do without, uh, yeah, <laughs> distraction, uh, addiction, you know, uh, all those types of things will come from a place of, or will be the world's response to feeling inadequate, mm. right? That will, uh, because those maybe meet some, uh, some needs for moments in time. Yeah. Um, but they don't ever, they don't ever fulfill. They don't yeah. ever lead. And like so that numb the pain, numb or... the pain, all those types of things. Yeah. Right. And so I, I don't, I'm not saying that every addiction is because of some sort of, you know, inadequacy or something like that. I think addictions are really complex and there's lots of different reasons for those things. But I do think that there are some times, absolutely. When people feel inadequate, they go to a substance or go to a thing that maybe numbs the pain. Um, but so, so that would be an unhealthy view of uh, of that that the world does. I think a, a healthier view is is the one that we started with, which is okay, understanding yourself a little bit more, going to therapy or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the question is, is okay, well, where does my security come from? Does it come from? Uh, is it come from myself? Mm-hmm. Does it come from within myself? Do I have to like muster this up and figure this out on my own, like, or even with help? I mean, is it? Right, is do it I have some... to fool, trick myself yeah. into just? 
believe in something different for no whatever reason. Right. Yeah. Right. And so so the the weak this this upside down paradigm here of strength and weakness that that Paul gives, well ultimately Jesus gives us, but yeah. Paul uh, communicates in his own life uh, is you know my grace is sufficient, my grace is enough, my grace is enough. <laughs> that enough. Like where in our lives do we feel as if we're not enough? And the goal is not that you're going to ever be enough. <laughs> um, the goal is my grace is enough for you. Yeah. Right. And so like, it's not your enoughness. You will mm-hmm. never get to the point of being enough or feeling as if you're enough. Because once you do, once you get to the point of feeling enough, so to speak, uh, that I don't, I don't know if it's the, 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 the perfect parallel, but it's kind of leading into the pharisaical. I'm doing enough, right? Mm. Like I, I, I am doing all yeah. the things that I need to do. Turn people pretty self righteous. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, yeah, where's the righteousness coming from? Is right. it coming from myself, or is it is it coming from from outside of myself? Yeah, yeah. I think the the what what people what most people recognize is that I'm not seeing myself correctly. Yeah, and I think that's something that no matter what your kind of foundation, people have a sense of that when they struggle with imposter syndrome. And you're getting at this, that it's not enough merely, you know, it's not where you stop. That's not where you stay of just, I don't see myself right. And therefore I need to fix the way I see myself by my own self, but rather like, actually, I don't see myself rightly because maybe I don't quite see God. Right. Yeah. And actually, if I see God better, I know myself better. And if I see God the right way, I can actually fix the way I see myself. And I love, what they give us in seminary of what does it mean to uh, treat someone? What does it mean to have a God? What does it mean to look at something as your God? And they said, they gave, they said, it's whatever gives you uh, the ism, your ism okay. uh, uh, acronym of identity, oh. security, and meaning. Oh, okay. So whatever yeah, yeah. you look to, to give you those three things to sort of be the ism, uh, right. that's where that, that is your God. Yeah. And I mean, those three things, that's three things that a lot of people today pick one. I mean, everyone's got one that they probably feel like they're lacking a lot of. And yeah. maybe the identity thing, maybe the security thing, like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and the meaning, like when you look, when you know God rightly, when you see him as the ultimate source of those things in Christ and uh, look to him and you really, the more you grasp who God is and who Jesus is and uh, who he is to you, for you, then I think that is truly the way to one of the effects of that is you have a, a healthier, more proper view of yourself. And I think right. for me, that's, as you were talking, that was kind of becoming more clear that, yeah, we all sense that the whole thing about it is we don't know ourselves in the right way. We're not seeing ourselves right. We all have mm-hmm. a sense of that, but to do something a little counterintuitive of actually, no, then you should look to God more. It's a God whose power is perfect, right? For you yeah. when you're weak and a God whose grace is actually enough because maybe you didn't quite grasp that in a well enough before and right but like man you just you can focus on that and that will kind of overflow into okay if it's enough then then i'm okay yeah you know i've got my identity i've got my security i've got my meaning right um and that's I and so and that's that. so that's i think that's all well and 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 super helpful kind of personally but then professionally it becomes mm. a little bit interesting as mm. well right and it's yeah. kind of like what you're saying of like getting a new job or or as a pastor as well right i mean you're expected to be the uh the guy that knows it all mm-hmm. uh and um so i think I, I think that there's there's an element of personal that you're like yes okay power's made perfect weakness but then once it comes to competency and 
uh, and job. Yeah. That and then when your job happens to be dealing with spiritual, it just becomes a little bit, uh, I think, difficult at times. Maybe. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. And especially when in the age where all the best of anything in ministry, of preachers, teachers, churches, ministries, you could find all kinds of really awesome pastors with their podcasts that aren't <laughs> as good as ours, but maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, they're, they're close. Uh, uh, every 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 American pastor has yeah. got a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Right? We had what to we add also noise. Do. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, thanks, listeners. So, but I mean, <laughs> we're we're in we're imposters with our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> imposters. Well, we don't feel like we're enough, so let's make a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a thing where it's not even anyone in our pews, anyone in our congregation can go and listen to probably a lot better sermons than what we would give. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like more and more you're constantly being compared to and people all the time will leave one church and go to another with the pastor and his preaching. Like I can say personally for myself, I have had a, <laughs> I mean, I went to ministry as kind of a preacher and preaching just always been the thing. That's just, it's like oil and water. It just, I just never quite what? felt like it mixed. I mean, I feel like we talked about this yeah, a little bit. I get, maybe you know, I'm really coming around to it more yeah. where I feel like I'm finding my voice a little bit more and just, I just I just lack so much confidence with it, right? And I am naturally, I think, wired to do okay with conversations and interpersonal, right, right. and I'm very very comfortable just you know making any kind of joke right at the top. I <laughs> uh, don't need to plan anything, but it's like you ask me to do something, and it's not stage fright, it's yeah. not anything, but it's really a thing of I I am afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing, yeah. And how do you how do you narrow down what you're going to say and as when I say this, someone could respond back with that. And it's like, I can't address all these things. Well, it's like all these pile up yeah. for me personally. Yeah. So I like the imposter syndrome really comes out. That's like, it's a weakness that I'll say of at least with, and I know, and I'm getting better with seeing it, I think more properly Yeah. and understanding, yeah, what is ministry and actually seeing God's work in it all. But that's where this is whole thing has really come up for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and I, totally understand that because now in, in, in today's day and age, I mean, like anything that we say can be taken out of context and yeah. such, uh, and people can hear all sorts of different all things. Kinds and of so stuff. you have to be super careful and super, which is, I mean, I, obviously you don't want to be, you know, haphazard about communicating, but it, it can it add a different level of pressure, um, that, that yeah, normal conversation. He said, preaching is a weird thing, dude. Yeah. Preach a one-sided conversation for yeah. a half hour or however mm-hmm. long, that's a weird thing. You're taking how many people at the same time on, a, on the same conversation. Completely different walks of life. Yeah. And it's it, I. It's a weird phenomenon. It is weird. We should yeah. do a podcast on preaching. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we kind of, I mean, I think that'd be worth even talking more about it. But the role of, yeah, the the proclaimed word in that, that space. But I, I yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I, I, I totally... Uh, I, I feel that I get, you know, uh, uh, worried more so, and I'm not afraid of being in front of people either, but I don't want, I mean, I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to, my, you know, my presence or the, uh, uh, the things that I say. And well, this is always the question though, too, mm. is that, wait, why am I worried? Am I worried because I'm going to say something wrong? Or am I worried that I'm going to look stupid? Well, yeah. And am I worried that like, uh, yeah, they're going to find out that I'm not as smart as they think I am mm-hmm. or whatever. Because I'm not like, I'm, yeah, like, I'm not, right. I really am not as smart as people think I am. Like imposter syndrome, there, there's this meme or this thing that says, 
it's like two concentric or two circles, one small circle inside and one giant circle outside. Mm. And the small circle, small circle says things that I know. Uh, giant circle says things that people think that I know. Uh, right. And yeah. so that is the thing. It's like, well, what if they find out? I don't really know this. Like you're like, you have this understanding. I, I don't know that that's a, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, yeah, being able to talk for a half hour in front of people about, uh, spiritual things. I mean, they'll, they'll quick know, Oh, maybe, you know, or, or maybe perceive or otherwise. Right. Do they, does he know that or not? Like, uh, especially when you compare it to so many other preachers and all yes. those types of things. But, well, it's funny, you know, we just had a, a funeral today. Oh yeah, yeah. They were talking about how this sweet lady who is in a church for decades, every, a lot of Sundays would write the different pastors throughout the years a letter. Yeah. And I guess the letter always had the same three components of uh, sorry, my penmanship is so bad. That was always the start <laughs> of the letter, and then some kind of critique right. of what they did or yeah. what they said. And then ended though with super encouraging words. Yeah. And it was like, this is the formula every time. So, I mean, <laughs> like, isn't that just, it's just that funny. It's like, amazing. what a, what a nice, not only encouraging, but someone actually cares, but getting those critiques all the time. Right. And I think this is personally, and I'll just speak for myself. That's a little bit of where I, and I'm trying to even just understand myself a little bit of where I'm coming from. Yeah. Is the, the scenario that kind of freaks me out. Yeah. And that puts me a little bit at the, in this imposter syndrome is the time, like I, what I'm worried about is I'll really put myself out there. Just feel like I really nailed it. Yeah. And people just weren't feeling it. Right. And it, like, and not even just not feeling it, but they just thought it was not great. And like it made no impact. Right. And it's like, Oh wow. I really, it's not that I take it personally from them. But it's like, does that actually mean that when I'm trying my very hardest, it's not very good. Right. Like that would, yeah, it's a hard thing to. Yeah, and that's honestly the way I've <laughs> handled that fear that I've let control me a lot of times is I'll hold back, right? So that I know that I didn't actually have to put, lay myself all out there, right? So that I can always know that if it wasn't great, I know I oh I had more in the tank and I just didn't get right. it. Like I'm just being very candid right yeah. now. Yeah, well I I do it I do it okay. different but similar. Do thing? we do the same thing? Okay, no, different but similar. <laughs> okay, is okay. How's I, yours? Yeah, I uh, also I I even if I've worked really hard, I played off like I haven't. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that I can, uh, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, I'm like totally. if, if I've studied a ton and done a lot of work, ah, you know, just did it, you know, just threw it together. And mm. it's like, just so that in case it's not good, <laughs> that you can t- I could be like, well, I just threw it together. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you know, right off the top. Even though, even though there's, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, because I, I think, yeah, the fear of, the fear, and it's not the fear of critique necessarily, but is the fear is the fear of yeah that okay the thing that you pour your heart and your life into that it just gets evaluated and not heard mm-hmm. right and so uh, this is and it, this could be a really interesting conversation about church in general mm-hmm. is that the way that we have a consumer based kind of church model of come and sit and consume mm-hmm. um, and did you like the worship did you like the sermon right. did you like it did you like it did you like it mm. and it's all it's it's not about the man, what are the goods here? Like that, like, did I hear, did I hear it? Like, did I yeah. hear it? What was it pointing me to? Mm. What was it? And, and, and that would be a different, I guess, conversation entirely, but I guess it definitely overlaps. Uh, but yeah, the whole concept of, of, of critique and, uh, and yeah, is there, because I guess the other thing is too, is that, yeah, I, I would never want to bring forth something like not excellent or not, right. uh, not good, mm-hmm. uh, but then how do you define, like, how do you yeah, define who, that? Who gets, who, to say, who gets to say that? And you can't be someone who just thinks they do great <laughs> and, like, they actually are, are or something. Right, um, right. And, you know, I think some of the, 
some of the weirdness with this that's kind of built into how it works, I think, is sort of our theology of the theology of the word, I guess you could call it, where, right. okay, Jesus, fully God, fully man. How does that work? I mean, right. people have spent centuries flushing all that. And the church, body of Christ, fully redeemed, and yet a bunch of crazy, broken people. Yeah. 100% both. Yeah. Like, these are just regular people. This is Christ's beloved bride. Yeah. Like, let's not yeah. discount it at all. He can't. Um, join himself to like, so it's crazy both. And then a pastor's sermon, he could flop hardcore. Yeah. But yet we believe that there, spirit God, the God. spirit is hundred yeah. percent God speaking, but a hundred percent man speaking. Yeah. And just how do you, how do you, what are the implications of that? Like, yeah. And that how there can be quote unquote better preachers and worse preachers. And yet they're both hundred percent. Yeah, speaking God's word, of course, not to say that everything that anyone say, like they're preaching falsely, then that's right. You know, a different case. Right. But it's it's a it's an interesting dynamic that. But it, God kind of put it together. I think one of the comforts I take with it is, I there can be room for. Well, it's just going to be, um, totally me. Yeah, I'm, it's totally me preaching. Yeah, but totally God, working through it and speaking, so I can right. actually be totally me preaching. Yeah. And not, and that's just how it's built, right. set up. So right, yeah. and so you can, you can, and I think that's like as a as one of the roles of pastor, as preacher, right, as communicator of, uh, and steward of of the word of, of preaching and, and communicating those things. Um, I guess developing that voice or developing your like not somebody else's but yours and trying to figure out okay am i being authentically me mm-hmm. and am i am i communicating this truth of how this truth has has worked in and through me yeah um and then commu- and, and then wrestling with that like if uh wrestling with this word and then communicating that and and the cool thing is that i i do think the spirit of god is uh uh yeah is, is <laughs> because there have been times where i have completely like I, well, I told you there was a there was a funeral that I that I did months ago mm. and I was like oh my gosh that was the worst thing I've ever done mm. it made I rambled it made no sense I went out of my I, I I moved something around in my head in the last moment of like the order of things because I I wanted to switch it up and I I I just I was like man that was the worst ever I felt terrible about it um, and then as I got to the end or whatever. A woman came up to me and said, "My, you know, I lost my son six months ago, and that's mm. everything I needed to hear." And I was like, "Wait, oh, what? I didn't know <laughs> yeah, that someone I, said that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that part. Wow. Yeah." And I was like, "Okay, like I, st- I mean, I, I still beat myself up about it because I was like, that's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, so, sure, so, right. So, sorry about it, lady. Glad the spirit completely transformed yeah. everything I said. Yeah, give but it. A, you should uh, cushion your tip for God today, please. Yeah. Um, but." Wow. But yeah, so the spirit, I, and I do believe that. I do believe, yeah. like, and I, I've prayed that before. God, I don't have the words here. Um, whatever comes out of my mouth, like let it completely be heard in a completely different way that you need it to be heard. Like yeah. not like I, I, I don't have enough mm. uh, to be able to to do this, to be, yeah. because I, I have a hard time if I don't, if I haven't wrestled with something, if I haven't, uh, uh, if I'm not present in something, if I haven't spent time in something and I don't understand something, hmm. I have a really hard time communicating. Yeah. Um, and so it, it takes me sometimes a long time to be able to preach a difficult text or, or even just a normal text of just like, hmm. man, I need to be able to really, uh, settle with it. And so if I, sometimes I have to do things relatively quickly. And so sometimes it's not, it's not what I, where I would want it to be in yeah. terms of my own. I, 
yeah, and and I just got to pray. Okay, God, like uh, you do your just, part. You do your part, and yeah. if you do it. I'm I'm here. I'm being trying to be faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and, and that, yeah, that could be God's <laughs> grace being enough. Yeah, and power being enough. Yeah, we're saying. Yeah. But then it's like, it really, it's Should not I say fun. My, yeah, it's not fun. But so the weakness is like, hey, I'm a really bad preacher. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> great. Grace, uh, grace is sufficient for me. Shall we say that grace may abound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by no means. Yeah, the well, is so not pre- you, you are, you were kind of leading this that I feel like we, at the point in talking about this of, as you've seen people and seen pastors what are are there any moments that stick out? Anything that someone did or said that you felt like you had permission to not just try to um, project or yeah, like you weren't so caught up, like like, and like it really got your mind like straight. Like, was there? Did you see someone model almost like a good balance of like the humility, but also like. Uh, sort of a confidence rooted in God. Like, is yeah. there any, anything that sticks out? I mean, I, I th- I, the funny thing is, the funny thing, even as I say this, is that, like, most pastors I know model that. Hmm. You know, like, I don't know very many pastors. I mean, there's some, right, that are have a certain level of self-importance, but but most pastors I know kind of carry themselves with humility and recognize that uh, they don't hang the moon, right? Yeah. M- most pastors that I know. But the funny thing is, even though they can say that over and 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 over again, hmm. uh, a congregation who, again, loves their pastors, right? Yep. I mean, like, uh, can still put them up on a pedestal yeah. and in a fishbowl. And and kind of, uh, even though technically, like, I think it kind of depends on on maybe, so the role of a, of a of at least, again, we're talking about pastor, I mean, pastor is shepherd. There's lots of different roles of pastors, but the role pastor as preacher is, okay, is it holding out uh, the word and showing, you know, like, okay, I'm the, the Bible explainer, or is it, okay, Together we're looking through this, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and kind of, where is this? Yeah, is it? Uh, and um, yeah, I, I think having a humility to say, okay, we're this is the thing that we hold out. And that's why I think Lutheran pastors, right, have mm-hmm. this as their uh, kind of their ultimately our our our, our, our theology, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it's the theology of the word, the, yeah. the word proclaimed, right? It's not we're really strong on we it. We are, yeah. yeah. I, and so I, and I, I appreciate that mm-hmm. because I mean they're. they're Plenty of places where that's not necessarily the like the word is maybe an afterthought or, or otherwise, but um, this is the that a the role of a of a Lutheran pastor is to rightly steward this word. And uh, now people again have differing arguments of okay, well, how much can you show up in inter- like in, in terms of like he must increase, I must decrease. So then mm. I I don't talk about myself or, mm. or apply it to myself ever. And that, again, we would be kind of on a place of saying, no, that I, I believe that, you know, personal story and, and anecdotal yeah. evidence and, and other things of that your own personal, not just like sharing testimony every single weekend, but but how this word of impacts your life yeah. does actually help well, people connect it to their Saint life. St. Paul also said, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yeah. And it's not the fact that he was trying to say he was perfect, but it's that, like I say, um, faith needs a face, you know, f- like, Ooh, that's, that's good. Say it again. Like faith, faith <laughs> needs a face. And if you're going to learn the faith, you need to see people live it out. Like you yeah. need to see the well, faces that, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not, it's not just in, exactly how God set it it's up. It's not just information. It's not just right. like, okay, I got the right information and I'm good. It's 
oh no, I do need this embodied relationship of discipleship and following people uh, and letting, you know, seeing those people live out this reality in their lives. And that's, that's something I think that uh, our, our world right now is just, is just longing for, is longing for these embodied yeah. relationships yeah. Uh, because we are so disconnected, even mm-hmm. though we're super, you know, technologically connected, we are mm. very disconnected from actual real uh, embodied uh, uh, relationships. Yeah. But yeah. Did you, you were looking for a Well, there's a verse, a, a verse from like Hebrews 13 and I can't remember. It's, it's like remembering the people that, uh, that taught you to, fi- taught you the faith and. Oh, there's a, there's a great one too, as you're looking for that. Mm. Um, is I uh, thinking about just, yeah, the, the way that, that faith is passed on. Oh, um, here we go. Well, okay, you got so it. Hebrews 13 verse seven says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Oh, there you go. And yeah. then right after that, it says, and I've never seen this context. I've actually never noticed this. The verse right after that is, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, read those two together because yes. that was good. Yeah. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hmm. And so the writer of Hebrews put those two things right Side by side. Yeah. And it's like, it shouldn't, it's not mutually exclusive to say, I see how this person lived their faith. And so that's somehow distracting me from Jesus. But like, right. I know Jesus better because of this because person of this and through person. this person. Yeah. Right. I mean, if we're the body of Christ, like just take that a little literally for a second, we are the ones who are representing Christ. Right. Like it, every Christian has right. that, you know, say, same, and that's where I was going to go. Not next we as pastors, we as every yeah, Christian. Every yeah. Every Christian is that pastors don't have a, a higher role. They have a unique responsibility. More responsibility, yeah. which like that just that just yeah. is more of a burden, kind of. Well, yeah, because yeah. if you mess up, we got millstone tied around our neck yeah. and drown in the depths of the sea, right? Those yeah. that teach, well, anyways. But um, that's why I just blame other people. For my problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, because no, this this is yeah, it's true for people in you know elder roles or or uh, you know. Uh, if, all the different works of the church, pastoral roles, yeah. but also true for families. Like, mm. I mean, when you were talking about the, the, the passing on, it mm. made me think of, uh, you know, second Timothy, mm. uh, is, you know, Paul talking to Timothy, I've been rom- reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, mm. Lois, and wow. your mother, Eunice, and I'm yeah. praying now lives in you also. And so mm. the, the responsibility that we have to yeah, disciple and model, uh, faith in, in, in our families that we can't outsource the faith of our families to the, to the pastor. Right. The, the, right. The, pa- the pastor is not the professional Christian. Yeah. I don't like the pastor is the pastor is the one who's going to make your kids believe. No, no. The way, Holy Spirit, crazy. Like, yeah. Like yeah. the Holy Spirit is the only one that can do that. And honestly, if if the only time that, that you as a family talk about matters of faith are on Sunday and the only person that talks about it in their life is the pastor. Well, then it will not be something that's important to them again. Mm. Now, I, I shouldn't say not. I get God. Can, can yeah absolutely but the way that moments. he set it up yeah to be is that no your kids would see it through you yeah at least yes too. yeah and i think and you know we can getting close to wrapping up but i feel like it's just worth noting how i could imagine there are probably lots of parents who almost feel this imposter syndrome oh when they yeah. think about their kids and you know parents are them. all making it up as yes they, exactly. they don't know <laughs> no and, so, and they, they have these huge questions they're like man am i supposed to know these questions or not am yeah, i supposed right. to uh like i gotta I, and, and the funny thing is is yeah faith isn't and hopefully this podcast does kind of understand or unpack this is faith isn't necessarily about knowing 
all the right answers no. all the time. No. Um, but faith is kind of this 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 trusting in okay, even in the middle of the things that I don't know, uh, I know there's one thing that I can know, one thing that's enough for me in the middle of my uh, inadequacy, in the middle of my not enoughness. Yeah. As a as a parent, as a pastor, as a worker, as a spouse, as a, you know, all, all the different things is that there's one place that we can we can go to. So that's yeah, that's mm. a really 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 huge point that parents absolutely, I think, yeah. feel that. And I feel like for you, and I'm sure you do this, but like just the power of like when you start out a new confirmation year or whatever it is, uh, getting parents in the room, like, look, if you felt inadequate in helping disciple your kids, like I get it. And yeah. like, but don't worry, like you are like, God's put you in their lives. Like you can do it. Like almost helping them maybe just acknowledge that if they felt some imposter syndrome with their kids, like yeah. it's okay. But then also like, you, there's a lot more to it and actually you're a lot more equipped than you might think and yet it also is maybe a lot more dependent on God than you even ever realized too. Ooh, that's um, good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, as far as for people who might be dealing with like really struggling with imposter syndrome, whatever walk of life it is, yeah. what would be your first or like big encouragement? Like what's one thing you'd want yeah, people wow. to know? Yeah, um, wow. People struggling with imposter syndrome. Uh, I, 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 first, I guess it's you're not alone in that, right? I mean, and it's, there's, I think there's a lot of people that probably feel inadequate uh, at different stages and in, in, in places in life, um, and you're not alone in that in, in the sense of other people are going through it. But you're also not alone in that in that in that uh, in that there is um, obviously that 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 if God has called you to a particular place. Uh, wherever that is, whether that's in ministry or in uh, being a parent or or uh, or in the office or, you know, as a student at school, that wherever God has called you to, mm. um, he wants you not to rely on yourself. Um, yeah. The self-reliance stuff is that is that is not the gospel. Right. The, right. the self-reliance stuff is ultimately leads to, well, feelings of inadequacy. Yeah. Um, uh, and so what, what he wants for all of us, and this is, again, by the power of the Holy Spirit and by, you know, encouragement of of, of people and his body and his bride is uh, he wants us to have reliance on him mm-hmm. and to, and to, and to kind of recognize that, yeah, he is enough. Um, and, uh, and that in our weaknesses, uh, God wants to potentially use this thing. That, that, that vulnerability, right, is not a weakness. Actually, sometimes it can be a strength. That right. admitting that you don't know something isn't a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. Yeah. That, that admitting that you even might feel this way, right, yeah. isn't necessarily a, a weakness. And it, it, it is rather a place where God says, hey, in these places where you realize that you're not enough, I am. Uh, I always have been. Uh, it's never been about you. It's always been about me. Um, and, uh, and that's true spiritually, but it's also true personally. <laughs> it's yes. True. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, like, don't be afraid of your weakness. Yeah. Like, yeah. In a way it can be feel, I mean, yeah, you're a little bit forced to rely on yeah. something or someone else. And there's a really powerful opportunity there to really grow in faith. Right. And just grow in your need to trust. And not everybody, like. I think the things that also the other thing is that the things that you think that people think that you need to know mm. <laughs> are probably not actually true. Yeah. Uh, the expectations that you put on yourself are probably not actually expectations people have on you mm. because they're a human too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so they kind of know, uh, they kind of know, um, uh, that unless uh, they should know. Yeah. And if they don't, then it's an it's opportunity okay to, to be able to show. Yeah. yeah it's to be, that showing vulnerability 
uh, and uh, is not, yeah, is is it actually an opportunity for for true relationship? Mm, yeah. um, nobody wants to be in a relationship with somebody that's like that thinks they know it all, <laughs> or 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 thinks that they need to know it all. Is that why we don't get along? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, I'm, you're, work, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have the self-awareness. I'm glad. No. Uh, First step. Geez. Admit I have a problem. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Not at all. Um, <laughs> well, but no, seriously, it's – and there's a lot of freedom in that. And yeah. Because, yeah, we can all fall into it, and it's really easy. And I, mean, I know you and I talk about it uh, for our, for ourselves. Yeah, so yeah. Sorry about that. I'm sure there's got to be a number of people. A lot of people, um, too. But I think that's, that's, that is good advice. Uh, Did you have any advice? Did you have any, any last – Thoughts yeah, it is getting hot in I know, this room. Why is the air conditioning? Hey, if our Patreon supporters could just <laughs> pitch in for an AC system, that'd be great. <laughs> um, I think for someone struggling with it, I would either point him to, especially with someone who's not Christian. Yeah, I would probably start with those questions of where do you find that ism? Kind of where do you yeah. find your identity? Where do you yep. find your security? Where do you find your meaning? And then you can go from there and. Uh, you know, people can really start to evaluate those those big things. For someone that <clears throat> maybe is is Christian, I've always liked the image of uh, like a clay pot <clears throat> and the the language that I think is in Second Corinthians four or five with yeah yeah uh, yeah I think it's five yeah yeah and how uh, we have this we have this gospel we have this great gift and jars of clay and Saint Paul's talking about how this great gospel message that is like better than anything is being carried out by just normal people. You know, that's kind of his whole point. And I've always, I've wanted to always flesh this out more, but kind of, I'd love to even make an object lesson out of it of, you know, what does the world need to see? Mm. Do they need, Yeah. especially in a dark world. um, And you're, you're a clay pot. Okay. And do they need to see with, with the light of Christ in you? Is it helpful to have a pot that has no cracks and no fractures? Right. Or do they see more of Christ's light? Yeah, when there's cracks and fractures all over the place, and the light of Christ shines through Dude, those. That's good, man. Yeah, I've always wanted to flesh it out more, but it's like, what does the world need to see? Yeah, like, no, Christ's light shines brighter in broken when, in brokenness. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's it's the Second Corinthians twelve. It's like, but I feel like he uses that that um, that that image, and it, it's true. It's like, okay, if I if I want to be used by God, then maybe it's actually okay for me to have these cracks and have these weaknesses because that's where Christ's light is going to shine. Uh, that's what the world needs to see. And so that's probably like the image that I would help, you know, try and commend to people. One that I'm, you know, need to remind myself of too, that that's actually how God works. And it's so counterintuitive and against our, Dude, that's kind good. of against our nature, but that's, that's probably where I land it. I love it. And what I want to do to close it out, I want to read this. Oh, please right. do it. We'll close do it, it out. And then it, it, it goes from one section to just a beautiful way to end, mm. in my opinion. So this is, yeah, from second Corinthians four, it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And then this, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus mm. so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Whoa. Wow. That's good, That's man. good. Who wrote that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. All right. Well, wow. I think that was I, – I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to end there, I think. Yeah. We could talk longer, but, uh, but I, I think it was a good – 
good, productive wondering yeah. today. Good session for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, better than therapy. I'll tell you what. Uh, but yeah, guys, thanks for wondering with us a little bit. And if you feel like an imposter, so do we. So, but there's good news for us too. But thanks for listening and see you next time.